Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Awakening the Warriors podcast. Awakening the Warriors is a safe place for women interested in pursuing their dreams and breaking free from the trauma and the pain of their past. It's a place for women to listen to and be inspired by other women and their stories and experiences as we share through storytelling. Today in studio, we have Ms. Debbie Gonzalez with us. Do you go by Dr. Debbie? What, what's your title? <laughs> Debbie is just fine. Um, and she is a licensed therapist. And we just wanted to start this session as our first episode to deal with trauma and pain since it's one of the, the, the core issues of the podcast. And so we mm-hmm. wanted to get professional information uh, to share with you on the importance of um, exploring uh, healing and trauma through a therapist, a pastoral counselor, or mm-hmm. a counselor. So the conversation is just going to be a casual one where we'll first just talk about trauma and we'll talk about pain. Um, earlier, I was just given an example of um, having some difficulty in our family that we're not we're not talking through the experiences of our childhood because yes. it's too painful. And um, so a lot of the conversations that I've had are with women who, like me and my siblings, uh, want to talk about it. We don't know where to go. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know. Um, we're, we're all, uh, and with conversations I've had with women, they're all looking for, you know, this space where they could let their guards down and be able to talk about their lives without being judged or without being <laughs> counseled or, mm-hmm. or, you know, given a swift sermon in Humility, forgiveness, grace, and redemption. They just want to talk. So um, I wanted to have this conversation because I felt it was important for us to to talk about it. Yeah. I think also another way that people deal with trauma is by not dealing. And even in the body of Christ, we want to say, um, I'm going to leave that at the cross. and, And we don't think about it anymore. And we push those feelings down because it doesn't fall in line with the blessings that God wants to get. And so sometimes we deal with it in an unhealthy way where we suppress these things that were traumatic to us. Yeah. Uh, because I did. I When I came to know the Lord, I had a lot of traumatic experiences that I had endured as a child. And the same coping mechanism that I had before Christ, I brought it into my relationship with Christ. And my coping mechanism was to get up, wash my face, and move on. You know, because it was so much for me to deal with that I couldn't handle it on my own. So I just didn't. But they were always there. And so... Well, right off the bat, something that Franny said is so important when you're talking about childhood trauma mm-hmm. and how you bring that into your adult life is just becoming aware of how that has affected you and what mm-hmm. really sometimes people can't even identify what the trauma was, but they know that they're just down deep and then that there is something off kilter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the first step is so often to go back to that wounded child in mm-hmm. yourself and to figure out what in the world even happened and what are these coping or maladaptive coping skills that I have brought forward Mm -hmm. or survival skills that kept me somewhat safe, somewhat sane in my childhood. But as I brought it forward into adult life, it just really, really took on 
a life of its own. It's like mm -hmm. a cancer. Mm -hmm. And wow. so when you were talking about that, the very first step is to just kind of be aware of what that thing is. And then once we identify it, we can, you know, start to kind of chip away at it and come up with some new survival skills, new coping skills, that type of thing. Yeah. So that kind of adds to That's what so that good. Is. Yeah, you said, so you said maladaptive skills. Uh -huh. I'm just like, okay, tell me a little bit more about that. <laughs> well, let me give you an example. <laughs> And then she can enlighten us with wisdom. Um, when I was in college, I, I had gotten saved in the, under this church plant ministry. Wonderful couple. They had two children, um, their husband, wife, and two kids. And the husband had a real heart for children. And he would bring the children, he would play, play with them, you know, play pranks, throw them in the pool. You know, they would come sit on his lap, give him hugs. I was so uncomfortable. And I didn't understand why. And so here I am in college and I'm seeing these kids run up to this man and they run up to the woman and it, it was no issue. And they run up to this man. And I'm like, why is that little girl sitting on his lap? She shouldn't be sitting on his lap. What? what I, and I didn't know what was wrong with yeah. me. And I said to myself, there is an issue that I have. And I started to think, if I don't know what's going on, what if I get married one day? Right. How will that play out in my relationship if I have a daughter? and her interaction with my husband, right. if I'm oh, uncomfortable, wow. yeah. or if I have a son, you know, it, how will my interaction with this male figure now be, you know? And so, because I had experienced sexual abuse by the hands of men in my childhood, but I didn't deal with it, I pushed it away, and then it started to bubble up. Well, and the, you know, that is the, the amazing thing that God has done, the way he has created our brain, it will, protect us from mm. these memories until he chooses a time mm. that you are ready to deal with it. I mean, I see it day in and day out where people know that something is wrong, but they can't pinpoint the memory or the mm. abuse or, you know, and it takes a lot of work, a lot of prayer, and, you know, we have to wait on God's timing for him to reveal some of these traumas that have happened also. So it needs yeah. to be done in a safe setting also. Well, I mean, gosh, there's so many things that I, I, I want to talk about. But one of the things I actually am going to reference real quick is this study, Wholeness and Restoration, that I've written, and it's specifically designed for women to address uh, the pain and trauma of the past. But one of, this conversation is so timely in that the the book touches on, like, from the, the beginning. So, like you were saying, go back to the beginning. So it identifies wholeness and restoration. What exactly does that look like? And then the first relationship, usually the family that you were, families that you were born into, mm -hmm. uh, and it's, what's God's design for that? What what was that all about? And when, you know, what's designed for us to experience love? And if we experience victories, failures, it would have been in a setting where you're going to be built up, and you would be encouraged to learn from it. But a lot of times we experience a lot of pain in the family. Mm -hmm. And so every every session in the book kind of walks you through a series and then it just it really takes you into examples of painful, painful trauma. So it's kind of like, you know, the relationships that you first experienced, the families that you were born into, the relate the, the uh, uh, pain experience and then a, rep a repetition of it into adult relationships and being feeling unloved, uh, but that God had a plan. And then I think the next was planned because you have a purpose. But throughout all that, we it takes us through the examples of the life of Abraham and Sarah. And then we, tra we track 
all the trauma that we could possibly have found in the family. And they, that family, which is also in the Bible, that you could actually trace the legacy and the histories of their family events in the Bible, and they experienced a lot of trauma. There was infidelity, there was infertility, uh, there was rape, uh, there was abandonment, a lot of deception, and all that creates an environment within a household that's very toxic. And it just, like you were saying earlier, it creates trauma on top of trauma and top of trauma. So tell us, Debbie, like when you are sharing or, um, to, or talk to people who are listening, especially when you were saying like you and Asha Kiyusha, you know something happening, you know something is off. But I like how you said first step is to identify. And then what so what happens after identify? that? Yeah. What, well, what yeah. brings people to a place of understanding and realization that they need to get help? <laughs> um usually there's something off in a relationship in their current situation in life. Mm. And so they will come in and they will, you know, my marriage is going to heck and, mm -hmm. you know, or I want a divorce because I can't or, you know, whatever. But as you start getting more into the depth, into the fabric of who they are, their family of origin, you know, their life story, there's there's going to be red flags, there's going to be nuggets, there's going to be, you know, so it's, it's a process. It's mm -hmm. not a, you know, there is no microwave version of restoration and wholeness and recovery. Um, well, when you're in the relationships and you're 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 experiencing these things, unfortunately for me, the, even me now, when I look back, now I could see the red flags. But what about when you're in it? What can you like pick up? What might be a red flag when you're like as a child? You know, um, for for me, so I, so I I lead Carry to Full Term, which is a nonprofit for pregnant and homeless women. So I see and I hear just awful stories all the time and a lot of time when it comes to the example that's in this book is of Dinah getting raped. Dinah is the only daughter of Jacob and she's raped by one of the town princes. That's from the Bible. And that's in the Bible by the way, yeah, right? Yes. Brutal stuff, it's all in there. Yep. Um, I hear this story all the time. So um, when you're in the relationship and you are being raped or abused or molested mm. by a family member how what are and, and I, I read this all the time so i you know i'm not a licensed therapist so I, and i don't play one on tv so i'm not going to step into that role so thank you for being here debbie but like what what can you do what can that young person do what can that young adult do what can that woman in the relationship do when they they know something's off they know that they're supposed to be loved but why instead of waiting until a mature adulthood when it's kind of like fully experienced what can be done then okay so let me make sure I understand what you're asking me what can, how can they what what can they do one to to protect themselves or to recognize that something is being done that's yeah. that will have a traumatic effect in the future obviously maybe they don't know it then but what would you so say to we can seek healing yes after these types of things but what if we're not yet after. What yes. if we're in a situation? What if you're in a... Okay. How do you start working towards healing Yes, in the midst of it? Well, number one, and, and you know, know this, this is just kind of common sense, <laughs> is if you're in a, a situation like that, get out. Yes. Find safety, yes. find a friend, a parent, a, you know, a shelter, someplace where you can 
be safe. Number yes. one, leave, get out, get out. Yes, mm -hmm. um, without get without guilting yourself back using verses or scriptures inappropriately yeah. to stay. Right. Yeah. God wants you to be safe. Uh, you need to get someplace where you are not going to be harmed because being harmed emotionally, physically, sexually is not okay. I don't care if you're married, if you're single, it doesn't matter. There is no no place for that. Mm -hmm. So let's get you to a place of safety, number one. Number two is you need to find a person, a somebody that you can start sharing your experience mm -hmm. with. No, because, and especially, yeah. well, not just women, but we tend, especially when we experience trauma, whether it's current or in our past, we stuff it. We just keep stuffing it down, white knuckling through life, and that does not serve us well because at some point, that pressure point is going to go mm -hmm. and it's going to explode somewhere on somebody. And people are going to be looking like, well, what's wrong what with you? You world? know, she was such a nice person. <laughs> I would never. So that, you know, those are the first two immediate things is find a safe person to talk to and get to a place of safety. So those, yeah. you know, that's immediate. And talk to them. <laughs> Tell them, share yeah. the truth, you know, yeah. share the truth of what's really happening. That can be really hard. Yeah, very hard. Being vulnerable, opening yourself up, and actually talking right. about these things. Well, because typically when you're in that situation, the offender is very much a manipulator. Mm. Very much, you know, probably a, somewhat of a narcissist or... But somebody that has manipulated you into believing that it's either your fault or you, you, you know, you caused it, you deserve it, and none of that is true, and none of that's true. Wow, that's okay. Explain trauma. Just describe trauma to to our audience. Let's see, you know, so that they can understand, have an understanding of trauma as you understand it to be. And I could look up Webster's Dictionary's yeah. version of trauma. Um, you know, basically trauma is anything, um, in layman's terms, that would cause you to be off kilter, to feel scared, to feel um, uncomfortable, to feel taken advantage of, to mm -hmm. feel frightened, um, anything. It doesn't have to be, you know, a car accident, a hurricane. It could be anything where a boundary is crossed, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like it, too. I was, I was reading up some things on it, and I read one one that stuck in my mind was experiencing suffering to the point where it right. overwhelms you exactly. and your ability to cope Perfect. with it. So we can suffer, but then there's an amount of suffering that takes you beyond your ability, and it becomes right. traumatic to you because now you cannot safety health and an experience that you you know experience you could react and respond very different than if I experienced that same thing so a lot of it also has to do is how we internally mm. react to that so it's trauma. relative some what can might be. be traumatic for one person may not necessarily be. be traumatic for another. Oh, somebody may have a higher threshold mm. to tolerate the distress yeah. Whereas some other person might not. Um, so I want to, um, Ashaki, I'm going to hand this over to you a little bit. So I just made a, a reference to Dinah, and I'm just going to do a quick rundown. So Dinah, in the Bible, is uh, the daughter of Jacob. Jacob is the son of Isaac, is the son of Abraham mm -hmm. and Sarah. Hey. So, <laughs> Good job. so Dinah is the only daughter. But um, at this time, Jacob is married to Leah. She's the oldest daughter of Laban. 
Leah has a younger sister named Rachel. Laban tricked Jacob when it was time to get married, and he allowed Jacob to marry Leah, the oldest, and then Jacob complained, and Laban then gave Rachel, his youngest daughter. So Jacob now has mm -hmm. two wives. Mm -hmm. Well, each of these wives also had servants. And you, said you were born into a crazy family. <laughs> <laughs> right? So I'm just, this is in the Bible. I kid you not. So um, Leah and Rachel both had servants, and the servants went with them once they got married. So Jacob had access to the servants equally as he did to, the, to his wives. So Jacob now had two wives and two servants, and he started um, having intimate relationships with all four of them. Leah is the only one that kept getting pregnant initially, and then the servants start getting pregnant, but Rachel wasn't having any babies. And of the children that Leah started having, she eventually gave birth to a daughter, but before we jump ahead, some of the trauma or the traumatic things that happen in that relationship, first of all, there are four wives and there's one husband, right? And then- Wow, uh, that's trauma yeah, right there. <laughs> that's a lot of work. Um, but then they all started having children except Rachel. Um, it turns out she was experienced infertility, so that's, that's something traumatic also and very distressing for women, especially who the ones, women who are in, in the throes of desiring to be a mother. Um, well, and to have your husband, you know, your true love with other women, yes. that in itself is traumatic for her. That in itself is traumatic and when Leah's father tricked her and presented her as the wife to Jacob at night. Um, when Jacob woke up the morning and saw that he was married to Leah, he was angry. He was not in love with Leah. He was in love with Rachel. Mm. He is he, is, he describes Rachel as beautiful and stunning and Leah as having pretty eyes. So, um, or Yikes. something, or something, her eyes. It was not a compliment. So needless to say, Leah ended up being in a marriage where she was unloved and she experienced abandonment in the relationship. Um, and she started having, using her body as a means to seek love and affection for her husband. And so she kept getting mm. pregnant. And with every pregnancy, she kept hoping that, well, maybe now he will like me more because I'm giving him all these sons. Well, eventually she gives birth to a daughter and this daughter is born with this big old heart and she likes to go, or maybe not for other reasons, she likes to go meet the other women in the community. That's how it's worded and I'm just gonna share how it's worded. She liked, she liked but that's interpreted in a variety of ways. And one of them was she liked to go and uh, meet with the women in the town and while she was out one day, there was a prince or the, the son of the chief officer in the town and he saw Dinah and he immediately wanted her. He fell in love with her, it says. And rather than take the steps that was appropriate in the time, uh, in that time, to go talk to her father and ask for a hand in marriage, he raped her. And um, she goes back home wow. and her father says nothing about it. Now the prince who raped her, he is just in deeply, he's even more bonded to her now and he can't live without her. So he begs his father and he says, please go talk to those people, their people and Jacob and ask him if I can marry her, which of course he could have done that in the first time, right? And so he goes and then Jacob is literally thinking of ways and I'm, I have my interpretation of it. I don't know if it was God inspired or if I've arrived at what I'm thinking, but I can't say God gave it to me. But when the brothers, when her brothers come home from the field, they learned what happened to their sister and they became angry. They went and took retaliation and eventually killed all the men in that town. Her father said nothing. And so one of the things that I was talking about is how important it is to have a father's response. 
um, when it is brought to his attention that your daughter or your child has been violated. So I just did a quick rundown of the dynamics of that family and from that you could hear all the traumatic things that was going on and eventually the four women started competing against each other mm. to have children to the point one time where Leah even paid to have to spend the night with Jacob because after a while he stopped Rachel was the woman he was with so she actually paid Rachel with her son's mandrakes to spend a night Mm. with her husband mm. and so I just you know in all that I've just shared I'm guessing someone is hearing something that they're experiencing in their life that this is probably reminding them of but this is from Abraham and Sarah's lineage Abraham is described as a friend of God he's very close and a lot of times we talk about the faithfulness of Abraham but we never talk about these things that happened in his family so I wanted Ashaki to kind of just um, prepare. So in the end, we're going to close with a verse. But but Debbie, what are your thoughts about some of that stuff? Yeah, about how it infiltrates lineages and can be affecting us years yeah. beyond. Well, I mean, and again, something you said that was important was that you talked about the relationship Abraham had with God and the mm -hmm. favor that he had. But mm -hmm. that did not keep him from being a sinner. I mean, mm -hmm. he still mm -hmm. experiences, you know, sin and the consequence of that, you know. Yeah. So um, there's that. But as far as, you know, how a lot of people want to talk about generational curses or whatever, but that really what happens is what we don't transform in ourselves, we will definitely transfer onto our children. And so, oh, can you say that one more time again? Oh, that was so <laughs> yeah. deep, I kind of need to hear it again. What we don't transform in ourselves, we will transfer transfer onto our children. Mm -hmm. And usually, you know, that down. thing yes. becomes worse in them than it is in yourself. Whether nice. it's, you know, stuffing feelings compounds. or unforgiveness or resentments or judge, being judgmental, being, you know, any of these things. And so that's why, you know, it's so important to get ourselves you know, to a level of emotional sobriety so that we don't then transfer that onto our children. So you said what we don't transform in ourselves, we will transfer to our children. Yeah, that's good. That's pretty powerful. It's kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> that's why we need a savior. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Debbie, um, before we close, um, you had said one thing, right? When we were talking prior to the start of the podcast, you talked about like trauma being, we could use this example, being, um, what is it? Level. Complex. Yes, trauma being complex. Mm. And then being layered on top of mm. trauma on top of trauma. Can you just share that again, please? Um, well, all of us are gonna suffer some type of trauma in our lives. Um, but those of us who, you know, in early childhood suffer trauma, whether it's being born into an alcoholic family or, um, and we'll just use that as an example, but when you are in the throes of a home that's, you know, there's a problem with addiction, there's the trauma of uh, emotional neglect, physical neglect, could be a physical abuse, it can be um, just, I mean, there's just a battery of things, and so that would be considered complex trauma. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's lots of things happening. It's not just, you know, like... I was in a car accident and I have trauma, I'm afraid to get back in a car, or I was in a hurricane and I'm afraid of the weather pattern. Mm. Um, but complex 
trauma is something that um, is built on and the trauma or the suffering is built on and built on and just kind of um, becomes really big. So not based on one isolated event. Right. That would be simple trauma. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then complicated. Yeah. Complex. But I mean, it all needs to be, you know, dealt with. It just, the compa complex traumas just, you know, it takes a little bit more untangling. So that's really good so that, you know, it, for, especially for people who are struggling and thinking that they're dealing with one thing, mm. they could be dealing with a myriad of things, like multiple things. So Debbie, um, where can people find you if they need to reach you to talk in greater detail? Yes. <laughs> well, I uh, am in private practice in Chantilly, which sounds far, but it's not really far. Mm -hmm. It's only 20 minutes from Gainesville. Um, my cell number is 703-895-8598, and that is the best place to reach me. Okay. If that makes sense. No, or that's free. <laughs> yeah, um, and then we'll share the information because, you know, um, I'm going to have it on speed dial, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, hey, you, you know, and we all have something, and don't be afraid of that something yeah. because, you know, the road to recovery is never easy, but it is so worth it. Mm -hmm. And God will meet you every step of the way. He yes. is so tender with his precious ones. And yes. um, his timing is always so perfect. So mm -hmm. don't be afraid to, to start the process and start untangling some of the things that have just kept you in bondage for mm -hmm. so long. Yeah, that was good. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for being yeah, here. Thank you, guys. I feel, I mean, this, I feel like light. Yeah. <laughs> I do because um because I don't have to it, there's there's an outlet there's a safe space for women to go to and now yeah. with you know you sharing your information and the amount of information you just shared that alone is gonna help so many people just start like well um, and, and with that you know being said it's always just making that phone call whether it's to you know your girlfriend your pastor your you know your franny your asha key um to a, a therapist just making that first step is it will take you know so much of the load off of you it's just you know make make that first step and and mm -hmm. and you are worth it Oh wow, you you, you are, are worth it. You <laughs> are worth it. And we we all just said you are you are worth Whoever it. Whoever you are, you are worth it. You really yes. are. Oh, that touched me so deeply. <laughs> I okay, I'm gonna let you talk. Well, <laughs> so as we are talking about trauma, it's really important that we understand that what hurts us hurts the heart of God. In the Bible, in Judges, there's a story of a, a Levite or a priest who takes a concubine. To be his wife and he goes on a journey with her in the midst of them returning home they stop in a town and in this town there are some particularly wicked people and we have all come into contact with a wicked person a yeah. time or two but this time it really affected this young woman to the point where they dragged her out of the home and they proceeded to rape her and abuse her all night long and her body could not handle the trauma and the abuse and she was left at the doorstep of this Levite dead the next morning. <clears throat> Talk about a traumatic event. Yeah. Right? Talk was, about That's pain. brutal. That's yeah. And that's all captured in the Bible. It's in the Bible. Yeah. And the, uh, the interesting thing that the Levite says at the end of the chapter 
is that nothing like this has ever happened or been since the day that the Israelites came out of the land of Egypt until this day. Then he says, think over it, discuss it, and speak up. And so as we continue to go on this journey of understanding our trauma and how we can become whole and restored, we need to remember that we cannot push these things to the back of our mind and refuse to think about them. We cannot heal appropriately if we don't discuss with other people. And if we don't speak up about these injustices, these brutal things that happened to us, it wasn't this woman's fault. She did nothing to deserve it. And each of us who have gone through trauma, it is no fault of our own. We need to understand that, know that, and not be afraid to speak up, to think about it, to discuss it with each other. And then there'll be, you say, you know, Say say what? Give it, hand it over to God also. You know? Absolutely, because he can carry it um, when we can't. And he's our perfect father. Even if our fathers on this earth have disappointed us, he is our true and the love of our life. And he will take it and he will make our load light. Yes, that's right. I'll leave you with this scripture. Yes. <laughs> so in Lamentations chapter 3, it says, For no one is abandoned by the Lord forever. Though he brings grief, he also shows compassion because of his great, the greatness of his unfailing love, for he does not enjoy hurting of people or causing them sorrow. That was good. That was very timely. We appreciate that. Thank you, God. Uh, thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Awakening the Warriors podcast. We are so thankful to have had Debbie Gonzalez in studio with us. Yeah. Debbie, why don't you give the number one more time? Um, my personal cell number, um, which is also my professional one, is 703-895-8598. We look forward to sharing more stories with you. Tune in to our next episode when we talk to one of our friends in our community. She's a community leader, but her personal story is one of resilience and a true testament of championship. Yes. So thank you for joining us. Asha Key, it's so good to do this with you. And Debbie, thank we will so definitely much. be calling you to be in studio with us again. Yes. And Some thank you for listening. You yeah. Expand on. You can. Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate it. And then like responses, people's responses to things too. Yeah, absolutely. This was awesome. Thank you. Thank you.